Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 191, How to Make Great Podcast Cover Art. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I have wanted to talk about podcast cover art for literally years. It's been on my original list of those 35 episodes I envisioned when I first started the Audacity to Podcast, and I can't believe I never talked about it. Here I am, almost hitting 200 episodes. I'm going to do something special about the 200th episode. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But podcast cover art is something that is very, very crucial to podcasting, to you as a podcaster, because so many people will judge a podcast by its cover. Yeah, it's horrible, but that's what they do. This, though, is not necessarily a bad thing for you because the cover art gives you a much better chance to make a great first impression with someone and win someone over to your podcast than just your title alone. Titles can be truncated. People might not read them. They might not even speak that language very well, depending on what kind of culture you're trying to reach with your podcast. And titles require more time to read, but cover art can be attractive. It can stand out and grab someone's attention. They don't have to read words in order to see something that looks interesting. They might just see, oh, that looks interesting. I'm going to click on that podcast because of how it looks. Yes, it can be that simple sometimes. Having great cover art is also really important because it's what many podcast apps and directories will use as a requirement for being featured by that podcast. Apple, for example, recommends certain things and does require certain things with your cover art if you're ever going to be featured by them. There is some leeway here and there, but generally your chances of being featured are much higher if you have great looking cover art because Apple is so much of a design company. They design things to look great. They want the experience to be amazing for people. So if they're going to show a bunch of podcasts inside of their app that they think is beautiful in its own way, they're not going to want to show something that looks horrible inside their beautiful app. It's like car commercials very rarely will show, if ever, a really ugly person driving a really fancy, expensive sports vehicle. You just don't see that. They want something attractive to show off their attractive thing. So iTunes is looking for attractive cover art. So you have the idea of possibly being featured if you have better looking cover art and the ability to capture potential listeners by having something that's attractive and also communicating your approach and what makes you different from others in your space with your podcast cover art. So what does it take to make great podcast cover art? I've got 10 elements for great podcast cover art that I'll share with you, as well as the four different places your cover art needs to be. But before I do that, I need to tell you about the technical requirements of your podcast cover art. And these are important to get out first, lest you start designing something and then discover you've been designing it the wrong way. And I've chosen to release this episode about podcast cover art at this time Because Apple just recently 
updated the specifications, or they're in the process of updating the specifications for podcast cover art, maybe because they're thinking of the future and high-resolution devices and retina screens and such. Maybe they're just thinking we need to set a limit on this. It could be that they're about to release other devices. Some people have theorized over a larger screen iPad, and that could possibly be why these resolutions are different. The original resolution bumps were because of iPads that were released at different points and the sizes of cover art displayed in different apps. But here are the core technical requirements for your podcast cover art. Four basic requirements. It must be a minimum, absolute minimum, of 600 by 600 pixels, but it's recommended to be at least 1400 by 1400, all the way up to now they recommend a maximum of 2048 by 2048. That number 2048 is double 1024, and 1024 is what the longest edge used to be of the iPad. In its original size, it was 1024 by 768, and that's also a common size among computer monitors and other devices are around that same size. 2048 makes sense there as well, and that's a little bit bigger than full HD 1080p, which is 1920 by 1080. So something might be coming out here. It might be a larger iPad. Maybe they're increasing the resolution of the iPad. Who knows? They've increased the size of the iPhones, but these sizes have nothing to do with that. But in any case, minimum, absolute minimum size for your cover art, 600 by 600. But definitely, if you don't want any chance of being featured, recommended size is 1400 by 1400, all the way up to 2048 by 2048. Your image also must be saved in the RGB color space. That is, it can't be grayscale. Yes, it can be just gray colors, but it can't be saved as a grayscale image in the grayscale color space. It also can't be CMYK. That stands for cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. RGB is red, green, blue. CMYK is for print use, and podcasts are for digital use, so their images need to be in RGB. You also can't do 8-bit indexed colors, which are something more advanced that you can do with PNG images in order to bring down their file sizes. You also can't do transparent images. You can make a fake transparency where you have drop shadows and stuff, but you can't have an image that has transparency to it. A basic flattened RGB color space is what you need for your images. Those images need to be either JPEG or PNG, but iTunes no longer recommends PNG format. They're recommending JPEG. Yes, they will still support PNG, but JPEG is much better for them to use. It's much easier to compress. It's more likely that you'll have fewer encoding problems or color space problems with a JPEG image, especially when you get into things like 8-bit indexed or transparent. That's not even possible with JPEG. So that instantly makes that quite a bit easier. And most of the time when a program saves a JPEG image, it will offer to save it as an RGB. So that makes that a lot easier. And JPEG also compresses a lot better generally for photograph style images, not so much for solid color kinds of images, but most things where it's a variation of colors, JPEG does better on that anyway. And your image must be hosted on a server that supports HTTP head requests. 
If you're unsure of HTTP head requests, there are tools out there you can use to check if your media is on the proper server for that. And speaking of tools, I've got a free PDF for you that will list a bunch of tools you can use for creating your podcast cover art. Things like tools for checking HTTP head request support and online and offline tools for creating your image, where you can get stock photos, where you can host your image and such. So if you want a copy of that list of those free tools and some of them paid tools you can use, then go to the show notes and click on the button to download the extra resource or go to the audacitypodcast.com slash cover art tools. That's with two T's in there, cover art tools to download this free resource. But there are some other things that you should avoid in your podcast cover, and this is according to Apple. This is a quote from their podcast specifications, and I have this list as well as the link to their specs in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash cover art. Things to avoid, explicit or self-censored explicit language in podcast titles, subtitles, or descriptions. I would say also in the cover art as well, because much of this does apply to the cover art. References to illegal drugs, profanity, or violence in the title, description, or cover art. Images or language that could be construed as racist, misogynist, or homophobic. Images depicting sex, violence, gore, illegal drugs, or hate themes. Third-party trademarks without authorization or usage rights. Very important there, especially if you're a sports podcaster. The words iTunes Store, iTunes, or Apple, Inc., iTunes Store logo, Apple logo, or the term exclusive without prior authorization from Apple. Those are some things to avoid. And now Apple has an additional list for if you want to be considered to be featured in a particular iTunes category, like new and noteworthy in that top list of new and noteworthy that is, or maybe a what's hot section or some other staff picks of some sort. Here's what they recommend. Attractive original cover art that does not include Apple branded content. By the way, that's something that's a little different than a couple years ago. They used to say, absolutely, you may not have cover art that uses Apple branded products in the cover art. Now they're just saying to be featured, you shouldn't have it in your cover art. They say include a 1400 by 1400 pixel JPEG or PNG file in the RGB color space for your cover art to be eligible for promotion. A robust and accurate description for the podcast and all related episodes. A clear and complete author listing, proper tags regarding language, category, and explicit language or content, and new episodes being posted regularly. The cover art and all other podcast elements must be original and cannot contain any of the following. Pixelation, artifacts, high contrast background art, blurry or hard crops, unless stylistic, or other style issues. This pixelation and artifacts issue is really important for if you had that 600 by 600 cover art, you can't just simply blow it up to 1400 by 1400 or 2048 by 2048 because you'll end up with this pixelation and artifacts in the image. High contrast background art is where maybe you have black text on a background and that background has white elements and black elements and dark gray and dark blue and dark purple and the background is too contrasting to the foreground and the foreground being your actual words i'll describe some ways that you can work around that and contrast that better in a moment references to illegal drugs profanity or violence in the title description or cover art 
images or language that could be construed as racist, misogynist, or homophobic, images depicting sex, violence, gore, illegal drugs, or hate themes, third-party trademarks without authorization or usage rights, the words iTunes Store, iTunes, or Apple Inc., Apple Store logo, Apple logo, or the term exclusive without prior authorization from Apple, and any visual representation of iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, or any other Apple hardware. These are the requirements for being promoted by Apple, that you must not have any of these things. And they say, note that even with the above elements, promotion is not guaranteed. Now, there are also additional technical requirements to the iTunes image RSS tag. Apple says the iTunes image tag points to the artwork for your podcast via the URL specified in the AHREF attribute. Cover art must be a JPEG or PNG file in the RGB color space at a minimum of 600 by 600 pixels for best results and to be considered for promotion in the iTunes store or podcast app for iOS. Cover art must be at least 1400 by 1400 pixels. That is going to be rewritten most likely when they update the public specs to say must be 1400 by 1400 up to a maximum of 2048 by 2048. And they have some other things that they recommend on the cover art and ways to incorporate the iTunes image tag. And you can go to the show notes to read more about that. So now let me give you 10 elements of great podcast cover art. When you know that you're not going to have these forbidden things, and when you know you'll host it and you'll size it correctly, you'll save the file correctly, here are 10 elements of great podcast cover art. You don't have to be a designer to design your own, but yes, hiring a designer does bring more skills, expertise, and resources to your project that you want designed. So I would say, because I am a podcast cover art designer myself, that hiring a designer is definitely worth it. Be very, very careful working with anyone from Fiverr because sometimes the people on Fiverr are not doing things legally. They may steal an image from somewhere and use that in your podcast cover art. I helped a client recently who had some stuff done for them on Fiverr and they gave it to me and asked me to incorporate it. And I checked into the some of the stuff that was in this file that they gave me and discovered that there's no way the designer got a proper license to use these images. They were stolen off of websites without permission, without any kind of license. So watch out for that. Yeah, $5 on Fiverr might be fine for if all you're doing is getting some text put on a background color or texture, but be careful if they use any kind of images unless they create it themselves, at which case it's they wouldn't be charging only $5. But after that little tangent, if you want to design it yourself, or maybe if you just want to communicate better with a designer to design cover art for you, then here are 10 elements to consider for your podcast cover art. Number one, unified branding. If you have any kind of branding already in place, this would be some kind of imagery, colors, fonts, anything like that that's associated with your brand, for your business, for your blog, for your podcast, make sure that it is consistent across all of these platforms. Reuse these elements inside of your podcast artwork. This doesn't mean that you have to use your company's logo as the podcast cover art, but you could include the logo somewhere in the cover art, kind of like a branding thing to say provided by such and such. I do this with Noodle Mix Network. 
All of the podcasts on Noodle Mix Network have this little gray bar across the bottom of the cover art that says Noodle Mix Network. I don't make the Noodle Mix Network logo extremely prominent. It's just kind of there as almost a tagline. But you could also look at using repeatable elements like the colors or the fonts or a particular icon or image of some sort or something that carries across all of your branding. And when you see it next to other elements of your branding, it just clicks. You just see, oh yeah, that's connected. It's the same fonts, same colors, same contrast, same icons, same whatever. So this is number one element of great podcast cover art, unified branding. Number two, highest resolution or vector foundation. As I probably overwhelmed you with earlier, the sizes for podcast cover art can often change and standards change, devices change. Change is inevitable. The standard used to be 300 by 300 pixels. Then it was 600 by 600. Then for a very short time, it was 1200 by 1200. And just a couple weeks later, then upgraded to 1400 by 1400. I used to think that 1400 by 1400 didn't make sense because you think 300, 600, 1200, that's just doubling it. So that makes sense there. Where'd the 1400 number come from? It even for a while wasn't how big the podcast app on a Retina iPad displayed the cover art. But then they did update the podcast app and it did display at 1400 by 1400. But where I think the idea of 1400 by 1400 originally came from was a CD case insert, which when you print it out at 300 pixels per inch and design it that way, the physical dimensions would be four and three quarter inches by 4.715 inches or at 300 pixels per inch. That's 1425 by 1414. So for a square image, 1400 by 1400 makes sense there. Although the iPad retina can actually display an image currently at a full 1536 by 1536 in certain screens and devices, uh, certain applications in the way they display that cover art. So I'd actually recommend 1536 by 1536 as the minimum. But higher resolution devices are coming out. Maybe it's a computer screen. Maybe there will be a larger iPad coming out or a higher resolution iPad. And in fall 2014, Apple then set a maximum recommendation of 2048 by 2048. So as you can see, the standard changes and it will probably change again someday in the future. It's not always affordable to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. It's not reasonable even because you might have designed it at 300 by 300, which one of my first podcasts, the cover art was designed at 300 by 300. And then I realized, oh, that's too small. So I made it 600 by 600 and then I had to remake it again at larger sizes. So here are two ways that you can future-proof yourself and keep up with these different sizes and not have to worry about paying someone to redesign it every time a new specification comes out. Two different ways that you can do this. If you're having a photo or image-based artwork done or you do it yourself, then acquire the largest possible version that you can get of whatever images and visual assets you're using and then design within those dimensions. So if you look at a site like Dollar Photo Club, and I have an affiliate link to that if you're interested, and that is a resource listed 
in my podcast cover art tools. But if you use a site like that, you can sometimes get images up to 5,000 by 5,000 pixels or sometimes even bigger than that. I do recommend if you can afford it and try to afford it because it won't be worth it down the line, get the biggest version possible and then design on that version. Or if you're using certain software and you want to design at 1400 by 1400 exactly, then use the software, figure out how you can use that software in a way that it doesn't actually resize your background image, but it's just kind of virtually resizing it. In Photoshop, this is called a smart object. Other programs might call it something else, or you might use a different program that doesn't even have to bother you about resizing the image. You just size it and it still maintains its original information. But that's one way to future-proof yourself is get the highest resolution possible that you can in the beginning and then design in those dimensions design at 5000 by 5000 why not and think about it at 5000 by 5000 or somewhere around there really big you could very easily print a super high quality poster and put that up on your wall that would be awesome so that's much easier with something much bigger Another way that you can future-proof your cover art is instead of thinking a photo or image-based artwork, think of a color or illustration-based design. This would be something that we call a vector image or a vector graphic. Vector graphics are different from image photographics or raster, pixel-based. There are different terms for them. But a vector image is like a font on your computer. You can scale that font as much as you want. Make it one pixel by one pixel or shoot it all the way up to 5 million pixels by 5 million pixels. And that font is still super crisp. It's like that because it's based on vector images, mathematical calculations saying this curve, this point, this mathematical formula creates this artwork. So then when you scale it, You don't lose any quality because it just redraws the lines. So if you can, use a program like Adobe Illustrator and or have your designer use a program like Adobe Illustrator or something other than that that creates vector artwork so that you can save it at any size you want and you won't lose any quality whatsoever. That doesn't just mean you can drag a pixel-based image into Adobe Illustrator, and that makes it scalable up until infinity. It's a different way of approaching the design. This may mean more solid colors or gradients, basic illustrations or line drawings, but there are some amazing things you can have done in Vector that do look really good and also scale really, really well. It could even be that you bring a pixel-based image into Adobe Illustrator or another program and convert it to vector and that gives you more scalability without the pixelation but at large sizes you are going to get some weird quality issues so be careful with that but these are two ways that you can get the highest resolution or build on a vector foundation for your cover art so that you'll be future proof and never have to worry about when these sizes change you just export a new size upload that update your cover art where you need to. So this is number two, highest resolution or vector foundation. Number three, recognizable concept at small sizes. Many of us are creating stuff on 17 inch or even larger screens 
And this can distort our perspective, especially when we're designing cover art at full screen, which on my 24-inch monitor that I have where I work, I can see, I can fit an entire 8.5 by 11 page vertically on the screen. So if I design podcast cover art on this big screen, then it's going to be 8.5 inches by 8.5 inches at least. And it can be really easy for me to make decisions based on that massive size I'm looking at. But people aren't carrying around devices like that. That's not how your podcast will show up in podcast directories. All podcast apps and directories display your photo a lot smaller than 8.5 by 8.5 inches. So most people, especially your potential subscribers, will see this image at a much smaller size. So whatever concepts you're trying to incorporate into your design, make sure that it's recognizable at these small sizes. In fact, a way that you can do this and practice it for yourself without having to print anything out is when you design, zoom out in your program so that the podcast cover art that you're working on is physically about the size of a postage stamp on your screen. And then look at how well can you read it at this size? Can you still recognize the design elements? Do you still get the general idea of what the podcast is about? Remember this postage stamp guideline for everything else that you do in creating your podcast cover art. Scale it down to that size and see, does it actually look good at this size? If you get my uh, toolbox for creating podcast cover art, go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash cover art tools and you'll be able to download this. One of the things I include in there is a Photoshop template that if you want to stick your cover art into the iTunes program to see how your cover art will look on iTunes, you can put that in there. If you have Photoshop and you'll need to learn, you'll need to know how to use Photoshop to be able to do that, but that template is provided. You can also put in some of your own text to see how it would look and that will help you better design podcast cover art. So this is number three, recognizable concept at smaller sizes. Keep in mind that postage stamp size for all of these other things I'm about to mention. Number four, big legible text. You need to stand out with your cover art. So make the text as big as possible. This could mean, yes, having just one word per line, but try to make that text as big as you can without crowding it and without destroying other elements of your design. It's just like when you're making a or decorating a Christmas tree. You can never have too many lights on that tree. With your podcast cover art, as long as you don't awkwardly crop stuff, I would say there is no size too big for your text. Again, view the cover art at about the size of a postage stamp and you'll be able to see then how well can you read the title. If you can't read it very well, then you've got some tweaking to do. There are several things that you could tweak in order to make the title more readable at those smaller sizes, like choosing the right fonts, the colors, and especially the character spacing. With different fonts, there are basically three different types, well, four different types of fonts that you might consider, serif, sans serif, script, and decorative. There are many other categorizations for different fonts out there, but I'm going to group it into just those basic four. Serif 
means feet or little feet. And these are fonts that you're familiar with in books, like something that looks like Times New Roman, Garamond, even more modern fonts like uh, Bodani or others like that. And they have very thin lines and small details. These do help with readability, like in a book. But we're talking about legibility, being able to quickly recognize the letters and the word in a small space and small pieces of text with your title. So these fine little details will get lost when you shrink your cover art down to smaller sizes on all of these smaller devices and apps and directories out there. And these tiny little details could even blur and confuse certain letters there. Like the dot on an I, depending on how close that dot is to the lowercase I, the rest of the I, it might look like an L instead of an I because it might blur together. There's not enough to distinguish between the two or to space them out so that you see that's a separate dot from the rest of that character. Script fonts can be really cool, but they can also sometimes be too cool and pretty to really be legible. If you're going to use a script font, make sure it's easy to read and that it's really, really big in the cover art and never, ever put words in all caps when you're using a script font. That just looks absolutely horrible and it really makes the legibility extremely difficult. There are also decorative fonts. These are the really crazy things that maybe it looks like a boot or like people standing in the formation of the letters. That kind of stuff it has its place kind of like script fonts as well. But I'd say that's a lot harder to incorporate into a design to look good in your design and be recognizable. You can sometimes use these decorative fonts, but when you zoom out, make sure that that decorative font looks like a regular font and it's still legible. The best overall kind of font to use is a sans serif font. That means without feet. These are fonts that you're familiar with like Arial, Myriad Pro, or Futura, and many others too. Generally, these are very popular fonts online because on lower resolution devices, sans serif fonts read a lot better. Now that we're getting much higher resolution devices with retina screens and such, I think I can see the serif fonts like Times New Roman and such making a lead again on the internet as being decorative again and more personal in some way, as well as uh, being more readable than a sans serif font on these mobile devices now with high resolution displays. One of the reasons that sans serif fonts work so well is because they usually have a uniform thickness to them. There may be some slight variation, but you can see that the strokes are all about the same thickness, and that translates really well at different sizes. So you get very clear characters, and they contrast really well from the background. With any font, you may find that when you shrink your image down to the size of a postage stamp, that the letters blur together too much. Maybe you have a capital L next to a capital I, and then it looks like a capital U at smaller sizes, things like that. The way to fix that would be spacing the letters out more or increasing what we call the character spacing, and that can make it much more legible at these smaller sizes. That's something I always do with podcast cover art is that big word. I space those letters out more so that 
at these smaller sizes, you do see space between each of the letters. This can have some negative effects, though, if you're using a script font, because those are often designed to connect at specific points in each character. So do be careful with that and tweak that in a way that looks good for you. So that's number four, big legible text. Number five, few words. Grammar side note here. If it's a countable item, you say few or fewer. If it's a not countable item, you would say less. To say there are less people at the gathering means that there are people, but there are less of them. Like maybe some of them are missing arms and legs and other limbs and appendages. So you would say there are fewer people there. Side note. So whenever you say or whenever you see a grocery store that says 10 or less items, just know that is wrong. It should be 10 or fewer items. Besides that side note, in your podcast cover, you need to have as few words as possible. This is not the place for you to try to explain what the podcast is about with words, that is. And it's not necessarily the place for you to list everyone who hosts this podcast. That's Both of these are kind of gray areas, and I'm not saying this is a hard rule, but the best thing to do is to try to use as few words as possible. Keep it as simple as possible and only include what could be legible at smaller sizes. Or if you're going to include text, make it so that it is illegible at small sizes, like 125 by 125 pixels. That's the size that cover art displays in several versions of iTunes, on desktop, that is. But remember, that postage stamp size, a guideline. But you could design something that is readable at the slightly larger sizes that some podcast apps and directories will use. Or maybe your per-episode artwork, which I'll talk more about per-episode artwork in a few moments. Maybe that contains text, more text, but your show level for your entire podcast cover art contains as few words as possible. Really be liberal with how you remove words from this. If it's just your title, that is perfectly okay. If it's something else that you want to stand out as your title, that could work too. I do really recommend that you have your title in your cover art and not many more words than that, because some directories display only the cover art. Actually, many directories display only the cover art, and you have to tap on the cover art to see the title. So if your title isn't in the cover art, no one will know what that podcast is that they're looking at. When looking at words to remove from your cover art, I'll give you two really easy suggestions of two possible words you could remove. One is the word the, and the other is the word podcast. This does really tie in with how you named your podcast, but these can be two different words at the beginning and at the end that you could remove in order to shorten your title and make your title really stand out better in your podcast cover art by using fewer words. For example, my Once Upon a Time podcast is simply titled Once in its cover art. No other words to say once upon a time podcast. Well, that is in a very small tagline that shows up on larger displays, but it just looks like a nice line on smaller displays. But it doesn't say once podcast. And this week in tech doesn't have to say this week in tech podcast. 
they don't need the extra word or to say the This Week in Tech podcast or the Once podcast or anything like that. Those are extra words. Try to eliminate all of those extra words. There are times where the word the and the word podcast or show or something like that is required. For example, Ray Edwards, great podcast. I really enjoy his show. It's the Ray Edwards show. So it wouldn't really work to say the Ray Edwards in the cover art. That just doesn't sound right. And it wouldn't even work to remove both of those extra words just to say Ray Edwards. Okay, great. Why is that in the cover art? Ray Edwards is a great guy. and He's got a great show. I really love his show. And you've heard me quote from him several times before. And that's one of the side cases where you're saying it's the Daniel J. Lewis show or the Bob Smith show or something like that, the Rush Limbaugh show. There are many cases where that does work. But if you're using something that is not a proper noun, that's you, you are coming up with a title for your show, try to leave the word the and the word podcast out of the title as much as possible. And especially out of the cover art, because this is, after all, a label for the distribution method, not necessarily part of your title, unless it is necessary, like the Ray Edwards show. It works better that way for him. So that's number five, few words. Number six, bold contrast. Make sure that whatever design elements that you use contrast each other and whatever they are on top of in your design. If you put text over an image, make sure that image is either blurry enough or that it's low contrast enough or that it contrasts whatever text is in front of it enough so that you can easily read the text. You really need to be objective about this. Shrink it down to that small size, about the size of a postage stamp, and see how well can you really read this. I've seen some cover art out there that I'll give them props for creativity. But I don't know how they even decided, yeah, I can read this at the large sizes. Maybe they have a 50 inch by 50 inch screen they were looking on, but I just can't see how they could actually distinguish the word from the background in that case. So be careful with this and make sure that you are contrasting these things. Avoid clashing colors too, like putting red on top of green does not work very well or putting red on top of gray does not work very well look for ways that you can contrast these things to make it as readable as legible as possible this also means you may have to sacrifice a little bit of that design desire to make lower contrast things that really bugs me a lot with accessibility on the internet where people will have light gray text on a white background or what's even worse not very light gray text on a not very dark background. Horrible, horrible. Makes it much harder to read. Shrink it down to the smaller size. Can you read it at that smaller size? If not, make it contrast more, even if it means you have to not use that light gray color that you really like, but use white. Instead, look at ways that you can do this. And if you have more space to include more text, like a tagline, some keywords, or the host name or names, then make sure that these contrast from your title as well. Your title should be the thing that sticks out the most, clearly by color, by size, and it contrasts the other stuff that you have on the screen. 
So I like to make a contrast ratio of at least two to one. That is that the title text is at least double the size of the subtitle or the artist text that's in the cover art. Try to keep these things contrasting each other and also visually separate might be better too. Maybe you put the artist down at the bottom of the screen and you have the title of the show at the top of the screen. That's number six, bold contrast. Number seven, relevant imagery. Your podcast cover art needs to communicate your content visually more than just the name. And this does involve a more psychological process. And that's what designers really focus on doing well is communicating things psychologically. But there is somewhat of an easy trick to doing this that you could try on your own. Think of everything about your podcast, your content, your approach, what you want people to get from this podcast, and summarize it into one to three different specific terms. For example, you might have a dog training podcast, and your terms are dog training, children, and outdoors. Now, find imagery that supports one or all of these key ideas and communicates, and communicates that really well. So you could be extremely lucky and find an image that communicates all three of these things or even custom make an image that communicates all three. Like in this case of the three keywords, you might find a photo that shows a child training a dog while they're outdoors. Yeah, that could communicate all three. But the more complicated your concepts are and the more concepts you try to communicate through your imagery, the harder it will be to find an image that communicates this clearly, especially at smaller sizes. Because when you shrink it down, you might not notice the dog is outside. You might not see that that's a child with the dog. You might not even see that's a dog at all if you're trying to fit all of these things into a single image. So keep it simple. You may even need to pick just one of your keywords to convey in your cover art. If you want some ideas, go to a stock photography website like I recommend Dollar Photo Club. I have a link to that in the show notes. Or you can even try a Google image search for brainstorming, but do not use just any image that you find on the internet. You must have a license to use an image. That's why I recommend stock photography websites. And there are some free places you can go too. And those are listed in my podcast cover art tools document that you can get by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash cover art and click on the button to download the podcast cover art tools. But when you find these images, you may find something that you hadn't thought of. When you just type in a term, you get ideas and that may spring to mind other ideas and that may put you on another path and you end up with an image. So here's how you can test that image. Take that image, maybe even print it out if you want to, take it to someone and tell them This is going to be an image for my podcast or for a podcast. Don't tell them what the podcast is about. Ask them what they think the podcast is about based on the image you're showing them. You know that you have a winner if they say anything that's anywhere close to your keywords that you came up with for what your podcast is all about. If they don't quite get it or they have no idea, they're completely way off, say the name of your podcast. Don't say anything else, taglines or anything like that. Just say the name with the image and see if they make the connection then. If they still don't need make a connection, then you need to find a new image. 
or rebrand your podcast in some way, change the title, something to make these things work together better. For example, a photo of a dog sitting wearing a leash may convey dog training or owning pets, or it could even convey dog showing. A photo of just a dog leash could communicate pet training, could communicate exercise because people might think, ah, I take my dog out exercising with me and they go on the leash while I'm jogging. It could even communicate losing weight. Yeah, a dog leash could look like a belt at a smaller size. So people might think, oh, this is a weight loss podcast just by glancing at the image. So keep these things in mind. If people guess something that's not right, that's fine. But you want to see if they guess something that is right. Don't limit it to you must only guess the right thing. Try to also use no more than two pieces of imagery in your podcast artwork. And if you're using a logo, that counts as one piece of imagery. You can merge things together. You can make a sort of collage. You can tile things in some way. But don't get too complicated. If you want to include multiple pieces of imagery, each one should be simpler. So if you need four different things to communicate, for example, uh, wind, water, earth, fire, if you want to communicate four different elements like that, then don't pick an image that shows a windstorm and a photo that shows waves of water and a photo that shows fire and a photo that shows mud because at smaller sizes, that won't communicate well. Instead, simplify the images for each of those. So for wind, you get an icon that looks like wind blowing. You get something that looks like a drop of water or maybe a wave, but the wave could look a little bit too much like the wind blowing, so maybe a drop of water would be better. For fire, you get a simple icon that looks like a flame. And for dirt or earth, you might find something that looks like a globe of earth or something that looks like a rock. It's up to you uh, what kinds of images and icons you use. But then if these are all colored the same, then they merge together much better into a single piece of imagery instead of four completely separate pieces of imagery. But the main thing is use relevant imagery. That's number seven and make it as simple as possible. Number eight element for great podcast cover art is templates for episode images. Episode-specific images can be a great way to brand your podcast and enhance the uniqueness of each episode for the people who are listening to that episode. This won't work for people who are thinking about subscribing because they won't see that image. They only see it while they're actually playing the episode. And I'll tell you more about where you can put those episode-specific images in a moment. But know that you don't have to make episode-specific images for every episode of your podcast. You could do it for just special things. You could do it for nothing whatsoever. But one way to help in the process and optimize this a little bit better and make the experience a little bit nicer for your consumers would be to make these episodic images. And you can incorporate your cover art into these by making your cover art of some kind of template foundation. This could be that maybe you just remove the logo and you put in some other image in your cover art. Or maybe you move things around in the cover art so that you have just a bar across the bottom or maybe some kind of circle mask or crop or something like that 
that elements of your logo and of your cover art are still in this, but you put something else in there. Or maybe it's a lot more template-based where you have your logo on there and you just put text like the title of this specific episode or the name of your guest that's in this episode or the topics that you address in this episode. Something like that that you can put in that makes it a lot easier for you to do on an episode-by-episode basis and doesn't take you a lot of time if you want to do this kind of per-episode image thing. It is recommended by iTunes, but it's not required for anything. It just provides a more interesting, engaging experience instead of seeing the same image for every episode over and over again. So that's number eight, template for episode images. Number nine element to great podcast cover art, no cliches. Let me give you a warning. Big pet peeves and big opinions coming up right here. Don't use any cliches in your podcast cover art. For podcasting, this is usually a pair of headphones, a microphone, or the RSS icon. Do not use these in your cover art. They're too cliche for this industry. I would only recommend using these elements if they actually fit the theme of your podcast. Don't think, oh, I'm hosting a podcast, therefore I need to include podcast-looking elements in my cover art, like an RSS icon, a microphone, or headphones, anything like that. No, don't think like that. Think instead what communicates what you're actually talking about. If you are talking about podcasting, microphones, headphones, RSS technology, like I do with the Audacity to Podcast and like several others do with podcasts about podcasting, then there is no cliche there because the icon does fully represent what they're talking about, not just a method of distribution or a style of communication. You could look at this also as a meta thing that sometimes happens, that you don't usually see pictures of books on book covers unless the book is actually a book about books in some way, like writing books, a novel about a particular book, publishing, something like that. Also with movies, you almost never see cameras, lights, and microphones on a movie poster. Even though all of those elements are used in the making of the movie, they're usually not on the movie poster unless the movie is actually about making movies or someone who made movies or was in movies often or that it's something about the story is actually related to those movie making elements and icons. There could be other meta ways of looking at this that you don't usually see a picture of a CD on a music album. And sometimes you don't see music notes on music albums, and sometimes you do, and I think that's a bit cliche though. But try to avoid these cliches. You could also think about this with your title. Like, yes, this is the audacity to podcast, but podcast is a part of this title because it has to be. I'm talking about podcasting. If you really want to call it a podcast and refer to it as the podcast, then you would actually have to say the The Audacity to Podcast podcast. Yeah, it sounds redundant, but that's including the proper title of this podcast in reference to it. That's why you never hear me say the 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 Audacity to Podcast podcast. I just say in The Audacity to Podcast. I just refer to it by its proper name. It's also the same as instead of saying in the Star Wars movie, we just say in Star Wars. So think outside this box when you title your show 
And think of it in a way that doesn't include your actual distribution method or the media with which you are producing the show. Even try to do it without the word show in the title if you can. And don't display these elements in your cover art because it will seem very cliche. And depending on what industry that your podcast is covering, there may be many other cliches to avoid. For example, in business marketing, the handshake photo is far overused. It is cliche. So try your best to avoid it unless your podcast is actually about handshaking or something where a handshake image does totally describe it and nothing else could describe it visually. I've designed podcast cover art for other clients who listed specific cliches to avoid, like a dove for the Holy Spirit or blood and needles for diabetes, and it was great to receive that limitation, not really a limitation, but great valuable guidance to say, this is cliche in my industry, please don't use these images, let's come up with something even better. But don't be afraid to use something that some people may call cliche if it actually does communicate your theme perfectly. Like, I have a microphone and an RSS icon in the logo for the Audacity to Podcast, but that's because I am talking about microphones and RSS and podcasting technology. It makes perfect sense there. But for my Once Upon a Time podcast, putting a microphone and RSS icon on there doesn't make sense whatsoever. So that's number nine, no cliches. And number 10 element for great podcast cover art, consideration for circle crops. Now, I'm not talking about the alien crop circles, but some social networks like Google Plus and some podcast apps are starting to crop avatars and artwork to circles. And first of all, I think this is a horrible design decision by those developers because they are forcing something into a particular image shape that it wasn't originally designed. This works okay for personal photos, bio photos, portraits, but it doesn't work so well for logos. And podcast cover art is often basically a logo for your podcast. So if you can't upload a specific image for that app or network, like you can actually do with Google Plus, you can give it a different image than you use in your podcast feed. Consider, this doesn't mean it's a requirement, but consider how your image may be cropped to a circle and see if there's any way that you can optimize your image for that possibility. Because many podcast apps out there will pull whatever image is in your RSS feed and they give you no option to upload your own image for that specific app. So you would have to update whatever image is in your RSS feed in order for it to be shown optimally in that particular app and service. You don't have to design it like this, but some things that you could consider to account for this possibility is maybe you have the largest word or the icon or whatever focal point of your image that you have in the exact center of your artwork. Trying to fit your artwork and your text and your logo and everything into a circle crop will be difficult and it will often look very awkward in other networks and most of the other places where the square image will be displayed. Like for the Audacity to Podcast, the cover art that I created that fits inside a circle for the sake of Google Plus looks horrible. 
when you look at it as a square. It just, it doesn't look right. So these 10 elements for great podcast cover art, and I know I've spent a lot of time on them, but I hope this has been information packed for you. Number one, unified branding. Number two, highest resolution or vector foundation. Number three, recognizable concept at small sizes. Number four, big legible text. Number five, few words. Number six, bold contrast. Number seven, relevant imagery. Number eight, template for episode images. Number nine, no cliches. Number 10, consideration for circle crops. If you want this full list, go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash cover art, and you can find out more about each of these and also comment on what you think makes a great podcast cover art. Just go to the show notes, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash cover art. Now, four places to put your podcast cover art. Yes, four. I previously said there were three places, but there are actually four places now, and it could change in the future that there would be more places. So definitely go to the show notes and I'll keep them up to date with whatever the latest iTunes specifications are, as well as whatever additional places you need to put your cover art. But the four places to put your cover art are your show level RSS image tag, your show level iTunes image tag, your episode level iTunes image tag, and your episode level ID3 tags. The places that you go for each of these depends on what you're using to create your RSS feed. But let's start with number one, the RSS2 image tag. This is the oldest part of the podcasting specification, and this would be a full image tag inside of your RSS feed. It would be higher up in the RSS feed before you get to any of the specific episodes, or we'd call this channel level, and it goes before the item tags, but within the channel tag. According to the RSS2 specifications, this image can be at most 144 by 400 pixels. Yeah, that's not square. That's actually a tall rectangle. But most people simply use a 144 by 144 pixel version of their cover art, and that's fine to use in this case. But that's what's supposed to be in the RSS2 image tag. Also, with this same tag, and I've got the actual structure of this tag, the XML write-up, in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cover art. But it's not just a URL to your image. You also need the title of your podcast and the website URL inside of this image tag. So that's the RSS2 image tag. Number two place to be is your show level iTunes image tag. This has been around ever since iTunes supported podcasting. It's an additional tag inside your RSS feed within the channel area, but before the item level area. This is the artwork for your overall show. This is what's supposed to meet all of those guidelines from iTunes. That is recommended minimum 1400 by 1400, recommended maximum 2048 by 2048, RGB, JPEG, all of that stuff. That's this image. And this is for your entire show. And all you have to do is link to the actual image URL, but it does need to be hosted on a place that supports HTTP head requests. I've got a tool in that special document for you to test your URL to see if it works. But I'll give you a hint. Most likely it does work, especially if you host your media with Libsyn or Blueberry or one of those media hosts. Most likely it will work fine for you. This image should also be no larger 
than 512 kilobytes. That's my recommendation, not necessarily requirement, but just for optimal loading speed and everything, I recommend that you keep it under that half megabyte mark. And that's pretty easy to do, even at 2048 by 2048, as long as you don't save as a massive JPEG at full high quality. You can reduce the quality, but still keep the pixel resolution. And I've got a tool in the special tool list that will help you optimize your images. And it's a free tool as well. So that's your show level iTunes image tag. Next is your episode level iTunes image tag. This is what the podcast app, which is now pre-installed and unremovable on all iOS 8 and later devices. This tag displays for each individual episode. Right now, it's only in the podcast app. Desktop iTunes currently pulls from the ID3 tags, but I would expect that to change at some point in the future. And this image comes from your RSS feed, not your ID3 tags. You would use the exact same iTunes image tag, but this time, instead of being outside of the item area or the episode area, it would be inside. So you repeat this tag for every episode or technically for your rss feed it would be for every item tag in your rss feed you would have this blueberry powerpress plugin for wordpress libsyn and many other podcast feed generators do support this feature to add a per episode image in your rss feed but you may need to enable it in somewhere in the settings so just like the itunes show level image This image should be a minimum of 1400 by 1400 pixels and a maximum of 2048 by 2048. And I recommend that it be no larger than 512 kilobytes. That's half a megabyte. So that's the number three place to be. Episode level iTunes image tag. If you want specific episode level images, if you don't change your images for each episode, then you don't have to worry about this tag at all. iTunes will automatically inherit whatever your show level tag is. Number four, your episode level ID3 tag. This is either a show level or an episode level fallback for older devices and apps. And it just helps your episodes be absolutely universally displaying the correct cover art. And currently, this is what iTunes desktop version of iTunes pulls from. If you're subscribed to a podcast, it displays this image as the cover art. Don't think about that 1400 by 1400 or 2048 by 2048 limit here because there is a technical limit that ID3 tags shouldn't really be more than 256 kilobytes. Some Android devices and TV set-top devices will actually have problems with ID3 tags that contain too much information. And whatever image you put in the ID3 tags will take up that much space for however big that image is. So you put in a 100 kilobyte image, it takes up 100 kilobytes. You put in a one megabyte image, it takes up one megabyte. So I recommend that your image be 600 by 600 pixels and that its file size be no larger than 200 kilobytes. This is just what you're putting in your ID3 tags. You could make this bigger if you want, but try not to get above that 200 kilobyte limit for the file size. So those four places to put your podcast cover art are your RSS2 image tag, your show level iTunes image tag, and your optional episode level iTunes image tag, and the episode level ID3 tag for either your overall show artwork, put it in every episode, or if you have that specific episode artwork, put it in 
each episode as well. You can get all of these resources that I mentioned and also download the podcast cover art tools list by going to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cover art. I'd love to hear what you think makes a great cover art and some of the elements that you see incorporated well. Or hey, maybe if you want to say, ugh, here's my old cover art that I did. It looks horrible. Now this is my new one. I like it so much better. You're welcome to put that in there. If you want to share your cover art and see what the others in the community think about it, feel free to comment there. Just be open to the fact you may get some criticism, but it should be constructive. If you're unfamiliar with negative feedback, listen to the last episode of the Audacity to Podcast. So comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash cover art. I've got one announcement and that is episode 200 is coming up very soon in about two months from now. I'll be interviewing John Lee Dumas and I want to ask him the hard questions. So send me emails with what questions you'd like me to ask him about his success in podcasting. It can be stuff like how much sleep did you get? How much money did you invest when you launched your podcast? How many downloads did you get within your first six months? How many downloads are you getting today? We really want to have a great, valuable conversation, and he's agreed to be entirely open and answer any question that comes in. So as long as it's a reasonable and respectful question, I'd love to pass that on to him. Email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com with those questions that you'd like me to ask John Lee Dumas for episode 200. We don't have it scheduled yet when we will record, but keep an eye out for when I announce the cutoff so that you can make sure to get that in. And also, big thanks to people who left reviews for me in iTunes. Jerry Williamson, JV Crom, I Am Learning More, Seen It Loud, Audiman423 from the United Kingdom, someone with a bunch of numbers in their name from Canada, and DIY to Thrive. Thank you so much for your iTunes reviews. I really appreciate those. They encourage me and they help other people find the podcast. If you'd like to write a review for me in iTunes or Stitcher, go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. And if you want to find out how you can get your podcast reviews automatically emailed to you from all of the international directories for iTunes and Stitcher, that's coming. Go to mypodcastreviews.com. This has been a really long episode, I know, but there's a lot that goes into this. I've specialized in podcast cover art creation for quite a while, and that's why I have the domain podcastcoverart.com. And I've designed podcast cover art a lot. I've got a lot to say about it. And now you can possibly create your own podcast cover art. Just make sure you check out those tools by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash cover art. Click the button to download the list of tools and also comment there on the show notes. I'd love to hear your questions that I can answer in future episodes of the Audacity to Podcast. Just send your feedback to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. You can also send a voice message right through the website. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thank you for listening.
The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Huge, huge thank you. We just reached 5 million downloads from Noodle Mix Network. Thank you so much for that. I am overwhelmed to see that number. And that is so awesome. Thank you for supporting what we do, for subscribing to our podcast. We've got a new podcast on the network called The Productive Woman. Check it out at theproductivewoman.com. And you can find all of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.